CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Keep in touch. Don't forget to keep in touch. How often have you said that? Or had it said to you? Sometimes carelessly, a mere formality. Other times earnestly, as though it was a matter of some importance. Now and again, with a feeling of desperation, as though the fate of a relationship depended upon it. Can I help? I don't see how. You know I want to. I want to help you any way I can. Well, if it wouldn't be too much trouble, would you sit here next to me? Of course I will. Uh, Now what? Nothing. That's all. mystery drama, In Touch, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Elspeth Eric and stars Amanda Plummer. I'll be back shortly with Act One. What happened after you said, keep in touch, don't forget to keep in touch? Was it a letter every so often? Was it an occasional phone call? Was it a card on the 25th of December reading season's greetings? Or was it nothing at all? And you, what did you do when someone said, keep in touch? Did you write? Did you phone? Did you send a Christmas card? Or did you let that person slip quietly out of your life? become a memory, or perhaps not even that. I was spending the summer with Dr. Abramowitz, an old and dear friend of my father's in a pleasant suburban town where he had a comfortable practice. I'd just finished working my way through medical school and was ready for a few months of loafing and uh, listening to Dr. Abramowitz. One morning, early, I came down to breakfast to find him on the phone. Edgar, I can't. I just can't. I've been carrying this bug around for days now. If I don't get some rest, I'd be no good to anybody. I know, I know. But tell her to double the dose, see if that helps. And tell her doctors get sick, too. Just like other people. Ah, Thanks. Not uh, feeling so good, huh? Running a fever of 102. A darn virus all over town. Now Edgar Bartlett wants me to take a look at his daughter. But he knows I can't help her. Same old thing, nothing to be done about. Well, what's her trouble? Headache. He expects you to make a house call for a headache? Well, her headache's uh, something else again. You mean violent, devastating. Not uh, migraine. No, no, not migraine. 
Can't find out what they are. I got a tight belt around her head, she says. Heavy pressure between her eyes. Bad taste in her mouth. No, sir. Stops eating completely. Says she never wants to eat again. Uh, how often do they occur, the headaches? Mm, two, three times a year. Sometimes more, sometimes less. No indication of what brings them on. Matter of fact, no indication of why they finally go away. But they can last as long as a month sometimes. And believe me, that girl goes through purgatory. Listen, um, how would it be if I went over to see her? My dear boy, just out of med school, do you think you're a doctor already? Oh, no, I never. Uh, forgive my presumption. Well, still, couldn't hurt. Nice young fellow like you. Couldn't hurt a nice young girl like Ellen Bartlett. Well, now, I wouldn't uh, presume to diagnose or prescribe. I know that. I trust you. Go ahead. Go see her. It was a beautiful day, and I walked the half-dozen blocks to the Bartlett house, wondering all the way why I was going there and what I would do when I got there. Perhaps Dr. Abramowitz had been right, a medical student fresh out of school, thirsting to confront a real patient. Yes? I, um... I suppose I should have phoned first or uh, asked Dr. Abramowitz. I talked to Abramowitz half an hour ago. Yes, yes, I know. I, I was there. He wouldn't come over. Well, he's really not well. A uh, fever of 102. He told me. Yeah. Uh, he suggested that I... Uh, uh, well, no, no, that's wrong. Uh, I suggested that I come in his place. Oh, you're a doctor, right? Well, uh, no, no. I, I just graduated from medical school. I'm, I'm taking the summer off, staying with Dr. Bramowitz. And, uh... <laughs> well, he's so overworked right now and not at all well himself. Yes, uh, yes, yes. He told me that on the phone. So I... Well, on an impulse, really, I, I don't know just what I thought I could do, but I asked if I might stop over and see your daughter. Uh, not as a doctor, exactly. More as a... Well, uh... Someone who cares, you might say, as, as a doctor would care. Um... <laughs> am I making any sense to you at all? Not much. But come on in anyway. Thank you. Uh, follow me. Ellen's on the chaise in the living room. These terrible headaches. When she comes down with one of those, nothing helps. Oh, uh, Ellen. There's somebody here to see you. Dr. Abramowitz? Uh, no. No. But it's a friend of his. A gentleman who's staying with him for the summer. Um, I, I don't think you told me your name. Oh, uh, Post. Daniel Post. Oh, I'll leave you two together. Anything you want? Uh, coffee or something? Oh, uh, no, thanks. Nothing. If there is, we'll just call me, all right? We will. Thank you. Uh, well, um, uh, is it all right if I, uh, sit down over here? Any way you like. Okay. I'm, um... I'm sorry you have so much pain. I do have quite a lot of pain. Yes, I, I heard about it. Dr. Abramowitz told me. He gave me a prescription. Yes, yes, he told me. 
This morning he told my father I should double the dose he prescribed. Do you want to try that? Not really. No, not really. Um, what do you really want? What? If you should reach down, way down inside yourself, uh, what would be the thing that you really want? Why, for the pain to go away. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it would be nice if... Uh, it would just go away. Yes, I can understand that. But of course it doesn't. You can't just wish a pain away. No. No, you can't. You understand that, too, don't you? Well, it's not so hard to understand. Isn't it? Most people don't understand it. What people? Oh, all of them. The ones that say, there's nothing wrong with you. You're imagining the whole thing. You just want attention, stuff like that. Well, what's wrong with that? With what? With wanting attention. When you're in pain. I mean... You can't expect everybody to, to just drop everything and pay attention to you. I mean, that's not fair. All right. It's, it's not grown up. It's not reasonable. But there's nothing wrong with wanting it. The world doesn't revolve around me, you know. Mm. It used to, didn't it? What? When? Quite a while ago. You mean when I was little? Very little. Like a baby. Well, the world does revolve around a baby, doesn't it? Does it? Well, I should think so. For the baby, the world is mother. Not the father. Yeah, I think the father enters the picture later. You know, when I'm feeling very helpless... Incompetent, lonely, unappreciated. Sometimes I feel I'm a baby again. And, uh, I want my mother. You do? Yes, I do. I want her to put her arms around me and tell me everything will be all right and that I'm loved and cherished and understood and there's nothing hiding under the bed waiting to get me. <laughs> I never had a mother. Oh? How did you get here? I don't know. I only had a father. No mother at all. Tell me about that. If I had a mother to start with, and I'm not at all sure I did, she was locked up somewhere. Oh? Lots of hush, hush, quiet now. Don't go in there. Stay where you are. Don't move. Don't make a sound. And the black shadows up there, big and black and going to burst and drown everything, drown the house, drown the dog. Poor little thing. Sharp, shaggy fear goes through your head. Lightning. Burns your brains out, makes you stupid. Dodge, duck, hide. Save the dog. Save somebody. Hang on. Don't let go. Look out. It'll get you. Hold your breath and count to ten. It's going to get you and you'll crumble into dust. Hush. Don't make a sound. And they'll never know. Don't tell. Lie still and no one will know. 
No one will ever know. Absolutely nobody. Whoever knows. Even after you're dead. She went on like that for almost an hour. I simply sat in the chair and watched her. She sounded like a mad woman. But gradually, her face began to change. The pinched look began to smooth out. Her eyes seemed to clear. Her hands relaxed. And then her whole body. Until at last, she fell asleep. How is she? I don't know, really. She's asleep. Asleep? Oh, my. You think the headache's gone? I don't know. I wouldn't want to wake her up to ask her. Must be. She couldn't sleep like that if it hadn't left her. Great Scott. She looks... She looks so happy. I don't think I've ever seen anyone look that happy. Like a child. What did you do to make her look like that? I didn't do anything. Well, you must have done something. I just sat over there in that chair and never went near her. I was getting ready to leave. I might as well. No, wait, wait, wait a second. You look awful. I do? Yeah, you're pale. You look exhausted. Look at you. You're shaking all over. <laughs> so I am. And I'll be, I'll be running along. You're... Quite sure you're all right. Oh, quite sure I'm fine. Except that um, I seem to have this this awful headache. I hoped the fresh air would help, but it didn't. All the way back to Doctor Abramowitz's, my head felt clamped in a sort of steel helmet. Waves of nausea swept through me. I felt I'd never be able to eat again. And between my eyes, my nerves started to crackle. What do you make of it? Anything at all? Perhaps when the afflicted girl Ellen wakens from her sleep, she'll be able to shed some light on the puzzle. I hope so. But for that, we shall have to wait for the second act. We are going to have to wait a while longer before we discover Ellen's reaction to the seemingly miraculous removal of her symptoms. For there is another person involved here, Edgar Bartlett her father, who admitted the young medical graduate Daniel Post to the house and left him alone with the suffering girl. Mr. Bartlett's reactions, too, are worth observing. Strange. Very strange. I thought of running after the young man, but I... I didn't. I am by nature a conservative man and a reticent one, and I seldom do anything on impulse. As the summer wore on, Ellen seemed completely cured of her headaches. I began to hope that they had somehow been 
exercise, if that's the word I want. But they hadn't. One morning, as autumn was starting to crisp the air, she didn't come down for breakfast. And I went up to her room. Is that you, Father? All right to come in? If you want to. You've got another one, haven't you? And I was I'm hoping... I'm sorry. That it's been... Uh, how long has it been now? Two months since the last one? Almost three. Look, honey, w- w- what can I get you? Nothing. What about those pills Dr. Abramowitz prescribed? Do you still have some of those? They don't help. I know. That young man, uh... What's his name? Staying with Dr. Abramowitz. Post, that's his name. Daniel Post. Yes, he cleared up that last headache you had. Yes, he did. What did he do? Do you remember? He didn't do anything. Now, Ellen, he must have done something. Try and remember. He didn't do anything. I'm going to call him and ask him to come over here. He'll do it. I'm sure he will. I thought of it right away. That young fellow was a wonder. I'd pay him anything he asked if he'd fix Alan's headache. Poor girl. Her little face all contorted with pain. Hello? Uh, let me speak to Daniel Post, will you? Speaking. Oh, oh. I'm glad I reached you. This is Mr. Bartlett, Ellen's father. The girl with the headache. Remember, remember her? Oh, very well. How is she? She's got one again, just like the others. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, look, could you come over here and take a look at her? Uh, well, I, I don't think I You can. did her a whole lot of good that, that other time. Matter of fact, she's been fine all summer. Till now. Well, I didn't really do anything. Well, that's what she keeps saying. Well, it's true. Uh, look, whatever you did do or didn't do, it got rid of her headache, so... Please, I'll pay you whatever you like. No, it isn't that, Mr. Bartlett. It'll only take you an hour. But I'm leaving town, Mr. Bartlett. Leaving town? I'm going to San Francisco to take up my internship there. San Francisco? When are you leaving? Oh, right now, as a matter of fact. I was just about to call a cab. The the plane leaves... Stay right where you are. My car's out front and I'll pick you up and get you to the airport. Wait for me in front of the house. Uh, uh, Mr. Bartlett... In, throw your bag in the back seat. Oh, sir, very kind of you to do this. Oh, I'm not doing it to be kind. Uh, how, how long are you going to be in San Francisco? A year. A year? A whole year? It's my internship. That, that takes a year. Ah. Uh, well, I have to find out what to do about Ellen. The headaches. I wish I could tell you. Start with when I went out of the room and tell me everything after that. Come on, now, I have to know. Uh, as near as I can remember, um, I said I was sorry about the pain, and, uh, she said it was pretty bad, and, um, I said, uh, I said, if you could have anything, something like that, uh, outside of the pain going away, what would you want most? I, I really can't remember just how the conversation went. Try. Um... Well, she said people told her she was trying to get attention or something like that. I may have said that to her. 
Sometime or other? Uh, she said, um... She said the world didn't revolve around her. That sounds like something I might have said. And I said, uh... What did I say? Uh, I said it used to revolve around her when she was a baby. What made you say that? Well, it's true, isn't it? The baby's mother, for the baby's the entire world. Her smile is the sun, and her frown is the storm. Oh, listen to me. I haven't even practiced pediatrics. What do I know? You must have had a darn good mother. Uh, yes, I... I think I did. Ellen didn't have any. She... I, I, I beg your pardon? My wife died a few days after Ellen was born. Peritonitis. Oh, oh I, I didn't know. Naturally, I hired nurses for the baby. Of course. Best I could find. I, I'm sure. Well, go on. Uh, oh, I remember now. Ellen uh, did say something about her mother being locked up somewhere. Uh, I didn't feel I should pry into that. Well, you know. Well, she was locked up in her room, fighting for her life and losing. I think she only saw Ellen once or twice for a few seconds. Then Ellen started talking kind of wildly about black shadows and streaks of lightning and dying. Dying? Did you ever hear of Marasmus... Mr. Bartlett. Marasmus? Uh, what's that? Emaciation. Enfeeblement, usually of infants, due to lack of food or lack of love. It can be fatal. Are you trying to tell me I don't love my daughter? No, no. I'm sure you love her very much. Uh, I'd better get you to the airport. I put the young man on the plane for San Francisco and said goodbye. None too graciously, I'm afraid. He hadn't told me a thing. Hadn't helped me one tiny bit. But something stuck in my mind. I couldn't put it into words, but I felt it. Something, something was required of me. If I only knew what it was. Ellen didn't look a bit better when I got back. It's you, Father. It's me. You were gone so long. Well, I had to do an errand. Did you call Dr. Post? Uh, yes. I called him. Is he coming over? Not right away. When? I don't know exactly. But I'm here. I'm going to sit down in this chair. And I'm going to stay here with you until... till you get better. Are you really? Yep. It's just you and me. And we're going to get you all well again. You and me together. How's that? That's good. See, if there was... If you could have anything in the whole wide world, what would you ask for? <laughs> what would you most want? I don't know, really. I'd get you anything, Ellen, anything you wanted. 
You know that, don't you? I guess I do. I'd go to the ends of the earth. You wouldn't leave me, would you? Oh, no, no, no. No, I didn't mean that. Of course I wouldn't leave you. What makes you think I'd leave you? What people do in the middle of the night. When the shadows start and the black cloud bursts and drowns everything. And they go away and forget where you are. They forget all about you. They even forget who you are. That you're anybody at all. And then you aren't anybody. You're nobody. You're nothing. You can't see and you can't hear because there's nothing to see and nothing to hear. And it'll go on being that way forever and ever. And you can't bear it. You can't stand it. You simply cannot stand it. You want to die and you can't even do that. So that was what Dr. Post had meant when he said she talked like a madwoman. I gripped the arms of the chair and held on. Simply held on. I was no doctor. I was a simple-minded man with no experience to tell me what to do when something like this happened. Helen. Helen, honey. Head still hurt? Yes. 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 Sweetheart, would it bother you? Would it be all right with you if I came over there and sat on the edge of your bed? I don't know. Now we're going to ride this thing out together, aren't we? Aren't we going to fight this thing through together, the two of us? We are, aren't we? Yes. You bet we are. You and me together. Father? Hmm? Would you hold my hand? Hold your... Hold your hand? Well, of course I'll hold your hand. Don't let go. No, I won't let go. I'll never let go. I'll stay here all day and all night, and I'll never let go. I guess it took about an hour for the creases in her face to smooth out and her breathing to become light and regular. But by that time, she was fast asleep. I didn't move, though. I sat on the edge of her bed and held her hand the rest of the day and all night. I'd promised I would, and I did. For the first time in my life, or hers, I held my child's hand. After a while, my head started to throb. Waves of nausea swept over me. The rigid band around my head started to tighten and tighten. But I held on. I held on. And my daughter's pain became my own. hard indeed to watch the suffering of someone we love. There is always the wish to take away the hurt, to remove it some way or other. 
For the most part, we denigrate our own powers and tell ourselves that this sort of thing is best left to others who are wiser, more experienced than ourselves. But now and again, can it not happen that by some mysterious force we know nothing about, we can be the healers ourselves? I'll be back with Act Three shortly. in the third and final act, we can turn our attention to our central character, Ellen Bartlett, whose sporadic but shattering headaches have been a blight on her young life. A medical graduate, previously a stranger to her, was able to dispel her symptoms without in the least knowing how he did it. But now his departure for San Francisco has left the problem squarely on the shoulders of her father. I don't know how long I was asleep, but when I woke, I was well, supremely, gloriously well. The first dawn light was showing at the window, and at the foot of my bed sprawled my father, a huddled heap. But my hand was still in his, where I had put it the day before. In such a wave, of gratitude spread from me to him that I truly believe it woke him up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's morning, Father. Uh, it is? Why, so it is. How are you, Ellen? How do you feel? However did you get him to come here? What? It must have been while I was asleep. Because I don't remember his being here at all. Who? Dr. Post, Daniel Post. How did you get him to come over? Well, I... What did he say when you called him? He said... I don't remember what he said. Exactly. But he came right over. Actually, I went over to Dr. Abramowitz to pick him up. And I uh, asked him what he did. You know, the last time. He cured me. That's what he did. I asked him how. And he said he didn't know. That he just sat down in a chair and you and he talked some. I remember that. But I don't remember talking to him last night. You didn't talk to him last night? But I must have. No, honey. Dr. Post flew to California yesterday. He couldn't have. I drove him to the airport. No. He must have been here. You brought him here. He's starting his internship at a medical center in San Francisco. He won't be here anymore. I guess not. But what will I do if the headaches come back? I'll be here. Was it you? Was it you that made the headaches go away? I don't know. But it seems to have gone away, and there was nobody else here but me. Then you did it. How did you do it? I don't know. I didn't really do anything. I came back after I took Dr. Post to his plane, and I asked you, would it be all right if I came over here and sat on the edge of your bed? Why did you want to do that? Because I couldn't stand to see you suffer. 
You've seen me with a headache before. I know, I know. Only this time, I couldn't stand it. I sat down right here. And then... Then you asked me to hold your hand. And you took my hand and said you'd stay here all day and all night holding my hand and never letting go. That's what you did, isn't it? You never moved. And you held my hand all day and all night and you never let go because when I woke up, there you were all rumpled and funny-looking lying across the foot of the bed. You were asleep. But you still had hold of my hand. Almost a whole year went by, and I didn't have a single headache. Seemed too good to be true. And I think the reason it was true was because... My father was always there. Not his body in the house, I don't mean that. Because he had to go to work and I was still going to school. But when I came home from classes, I would feel very content because I knew my father would come walking through the door pretty soon. And we would talk. Ellen, you're home? Certainly I'm home. Where do you think I'd be? Oh, I thought you might have a date or something. I do, but not till later. Who with? Tommy Olsen. I'm thinking maybe I'll go to the prom with him. Oh? He's asked you? Several young men have asked me. Oh, that's good. Well, then why not? You're so pretty and so sweet. And so intelligent. <laughs> yes, and that too. <laughs> Let's go have a glass of sherry together, shall we? Before your date gets here. It was that way all the time. So friendly. So close. So cozy. There was nothing I did that he wasn't interested in. Nothing I said that he didn't listen to as though it had importance. I felt myself growing blossoming, turning to, into something very like a real flesh and blood woman. We talked about life and love, and I was astonished to discover that he didn't know everything about either one, and I was pleased to. He was a father. He was a friend. He was a confidant. He was, at this late point in my life, something like a mother. Tonight's the prom, isn't it? Tonight's the night. You're going with Tommy Olsen, right? No, Dennis Fallon. Well, you said you were going with Tommy Olsen. I forgot to tell you, he got the flu. He called up this morning, he sounded awful. Ellen, after the prom and the graduation and all that... Why don't you and I take a trip? Go abroad together. Go to Italy or France or England. Or all three. That would be wonderful. Ah, I'll start getting together all those folders and stuff and ask about reservations and hotels. Only and I... there's something I want to do first. Oh, what's that? 
I want to go to San Francisco. What for? I want to see Dr. Post. What for? I want to talk to him. What about? Oh, things. How long will you be gone? I don't know exactly a day, a week, maybe longer. But you'll keep in touch with me, won't you? Don't worry. I'll keep in touch. The medical center where Daniel Post was interning was a huge place. I had a little trouble finding him, but finally I did. Sit down. Sit down. You want coffee or anything? No, just to talk to you. You are looking so well. Daniel. Hmm? What made it happen? Made what happen? What made my headaches go away? You know something? I don't know. I've, I've got no idea. But you must have. But I haven't. I have a sneaking suspicion, but I, I don't really know. What's the sneaking suspicion? Being close. Being in touch. Relaxing with someone. And relaxing into someone, if you get my meaning. Knowing that you can trust someone enough to share your pain. It's not easy, you know, to share your pain. For some people, it's very, very difficult. For me, it was impossible till I met you. I think, though, I'm not sure that it was not having a mother when you were little. But then you came along, and I shared my pain with you, didn't I? Yes. Yes, you did. Heaven knows why. Because I loved you. Uh, hold on. That's uh, why. No, no. Wait a minute, Ellen. That's why I came out here to see you. There are lots of boys at home that tell me they're crazy about me. A couple of them asked me to marry them. I had to be sure about you first. Please, Ellen. You're the one I love the best. The first. The only one. Please. Tell me you love me. Daniel, please. Tell me you do, or I'll die. No. No, you won't die. Now, now, wipe your eyes, be quiet, and I'll tell you something. When I finished my internship here, I'm going to take up residency in a psychiatric hospital. And do you know why? Do you know what turned me in that direction? You. You did. I wanted to find out why just talking to you drove out your headache. And why your father holding your hand all night did the same thing. And you don't love me. Dear girl, this is only the second time in my life I've even seen you. But you've been very important. You've, you've changed my life around. If you don't love me... I might as well go home. I think you should. Give my best regards to your father. I will. And Ellen, keep in touch. Don't forget to keep in touch. All the way home, I thought, what if I get another of those awful headaches? I really thought it was love between Daniel and me. It had to be love. 
try. Because it felt so good, so right. If it wasn't love, what was it? Finally, the plane landed, and right outside the barrier stood my father, looking anxious and eager. Ellen! Over here, Ellen! Over here! Oh, Father, Father, I'm so glad to see you. Why, now? What is it? What's the matter? He doesn't love me, Father. I was so sure he loved me. I was so sure I loved him. But he doesn't. Doesn't at all. I was a fool. I was stupid. I was an idiot to think. No, 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 no. Before we go home, you just come over here and sit down and tell me all about it. Just sit down here and tell me. Put your head on my shoulder. Let me hold you for a little. Go ahead and cry if you want to. All the people. What do they think? Heck with the people. Who cares what they think? They'll think, why is that pretty girl crying? And then they'll go about their business. Am I right? Sure, I'm right. Now, about Dr. Daniel Post. I know, I know he did a wonderful thing for you, and that made you think there was something special about him. There is, there is. Give me your hand now. Well, I tell you something. Before I met your mother, there was someone I thought was special. As a matter of fact, there were two. But when I met your mother, those two didn't seem so special at all. Matter of fact, I forgot all about them. That's the way life goes. Believe me. Tell me about my mother. Okay. He held my hand and he talked. And I listened. And things started to straighten out and seem not so complicated after all. When I got home, Tommy Olson called up and we made a date for later in the week. I'm married to Tommy now. And we're very happy. And I've never had a single headache since. When we say we feel touched by something, it means we are moved deeply, inexpressibly, by a token that we are valued and loved. This craving to feel valued and loved begins when life begins, and it never ceases. Never. I'll be back shortly. the mother who touches the child at the start, before the eyes can focus, before words have meaning. Touch is what has to make the contact between the infant and the bewildering outside world. If the mother is not there to touch, then someone else, 
sooner or later, must do it. Our cast included Amanda Plummer, Robert Dryden, and Russell Horton. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. Dreams.